Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Exert Breakthrough Lab podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Scott, and I'm excited to have you all back. Now, as usual, uh, I'll be joined today uh, by uh, Armando Mastracci. Hey, everybody. And I'm also joined by Dr. Stephen Chung. Hope everyone is doing great. Yeah. Uh, so, Stephen, maybe um, usually the way we start these podcasts is we, we um, have a little background update, kind of things you've been working on. Uh, what have you been up to lately since our last podcast? Well, um, last, last year, at the end of last year, was just madness at Brock and also some family health issues, but uh, still somehow managed to keep uh, training and, and also climbing. So that's been going well. And now this this year, one of the big projects is uh, I'm going to be organizing our big international conference on environmental ergonomics right here in Niagara. So just getting that off the ground and there's a thousand and one things to do. So just kind of trying to line all those ducks up together. So that's keeping me busy since I'm actually not teaching this semester, which is also nice. Yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be fun to have that conference and and start to see things get hopefully a little bit more back to normal um, uh, with that conference later this year. Uh, yeah, it's kind of my home conference. It's the uh, very first conference I ever went to in 1994, which is also the last time I was in Canada. And, and it's the conference, the group of people is great. It's more of a family reunion than a, than a uh, kind of formal conference. So it's definitely the one I never miss. Yeah. Except really? last year when we couldn't organize it. So Mm -hmm. Yeah, it'll be good to see everyone again. Um, and, and I know you've also, uh, in addition to, to those things, I know you've also been dabbling in some bikepacking as well. Do you have any, uh, any trips planned for that? Or Yeah, I definitely do. It's, um, that was the big thing I really got into last year. And, and I know with some of the events, there, I'm coming up this year i'm kind of considering doing the same thing as i did last august which was actually bike pack my way to the race do the race and bike pack back so uh, i might be doing a few of those and then over the summer i'm hoping to do a few tours whether it's around the gaspe peninsula in quebec or in back out in nova scotia my old stomping ground so there's a variety of things that i'm hoping to uh, get out with the uh, bike and all the bike packing gear with. And of course, getting into the gravel races again, too, that's going to be a big thing. And I know uh, certainly every spring, the big thing here in Ontario and actually really all around Canada is the Paris Ancaster race. So uh, haven't been there for a few years in between injuries, sabbaticals, and also uh, the pandemic. So it'll be my first time back since 2018 this year. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be really exciting. I, I know for myself, uh, this will, this will be my first time ever doing uh, P to A. Uh, it will be, will be this spring. And I was actually reflecting on this uh, a little bit yesterday um, with, with the event coming up in April. I, I believe this will be my first organized event that I've ridden since my half Ironman in May of 2018, I think. So it's been it's wow. been a while since I've done any sort of organized event. So I, I'm excited to to finally uh, be using the target event date program. I, I've been on continuous for like the last uh, I don't know six months or so, but finally having something kind of to train for and and seeing more of that that progression as I prepare for that is, is something that I'm certainly looking forward to. It's such a blast. 
Yeah, it's such a fun race to do. You know, there's so much different terrain and different obstacles and things that you're you're being, uh, you know, having having to kind of deal with uh, mud that can be up to your knees and stuff like that. So it's. Uh, I'm I'm just hoping it's, it's not like the 2018 edition. I got a I got a, a text message from from Stephen in, in 2008. I believe it was 2018 at the finish line with all of the mud frozen onto your derailleur. <laughs> yeah. yeah but uh yeah it's a race that's dear to my heart i did the second one ever when it was 1995 i think was during my phd and it was the um yeah second ever edition and so i've done it over the years in on a mountain bike on gravel bikes on a couple of different mountain bikes couple of different gravel bikes and in scorching hot weather in uh freezing rain and sleet and also uh also in kind of mudville conditions so pretty much every i've experienced paris ancaster in almost every variety so i know this year they have the 100k event as the first time so i'm going to be signing up for that one and looking forward to instead of 70k of craziness go for an extra 30. Mm -hmm. extra, extra credit it's definitely going to be a lot of fun <laughs> Um, so I, I guess in other things, uh, that I've been working on, I've, I've had some, uh, kind of big life changes in, in the last, uh, uh, like since we've recorded last, uh, I'm engaged now. So I've got that, uh, that's, that's been exciting. And, uh, the other, in terms of work, uh, I've, uh, really been enjoying putting together, uh, our mastering exert video series and, uh, something that. I really am passionate about it is, is really teaching people uh, about something uh, what, that they're curious about. And so for me, uh, these mastering exert videos, you'll find them in the top right hand corner of the exert website. Uh, the whole idea behind these is that uh, I get to sit down and just start once again, talking about things that we've discussed in our podcast and, and I do screen shares with the software. And so I'm uh, the whole goal of those videos is really um, if, if you don't know how exert works and if you're curious, like I was, the whole point of those videos is that you can really start to understand uh, really the basics of exert. So um, I've, I've had a blast putting those videos together and, uh, and I'm looking forward to continue uh, to continuing and creating more uh, content like that to really help people uh, understand what's so cool about exert. Like I, I get fired up about exert and I think what, what we're able to do is really amazing. and and what I want to do is help other people have that same appreciation that I have. Yeah, you've done a great so, job on those, Scott. You know, all the feedback we've got from customers is that they've got a lot out of them. You know, and I think we've really tried to focus in on the key aspects of the system that really help you understand what it's doing and why it's doing it and how you can benefit from it. So I think we really try and distill it down, especially because a lot of the concepts are new. So... Uh, you know, I think, Scott, you've done a great job on kind of explaining these kind of abstract concepts in ways that you can easily understand. So we draw some analogies and have some pictures that help you understand them. So um, if you haven't seen those videos, be sure you go and click on that icon when you log into the website and uh, all of them are there. Uh, watch all of them. Um, you'll get a much better understanding. And then you'll get a lot of benefit um, from those in terms of being, you know, being able to improve and understand the process of, of improvement and how Exert can help you with that. So uh, I would yeah, definitely, uh, if you haven't seen them yet, do uh, 
do watch those new videos. Yeah. As so, far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I was gonna I was gonna say we've spent a lot of time talking about uh Steven and myself. So I was thinking maybe uh we can hear from you. I know I know since the last time we've recorded a podcast, we've we've launched a lot of new features. So um well, maybe, maybe the, you wanna it's been a long time since I was engaged. So uh, <laughs> uh probably yeah, longer, yeah. probably longer than yeah, a couple of months. So, yeah, so had an anniversary. Uh, there you go. There you go. Um no, but you know, for for me, it's been you know with with the pandemic um, and you know these kind of different waves and things. We're always trying to find ways to kind of help athletes, you know, be you know be able to train better, be able to train uh, with others. So we're going to talk a little bit about those today in this podcast. Is how you know we've introduced some new features um, to help uh, help uh, our users kind of be uh, you know work out together and. Um, take advantage of some of the capabilities that we have within the system. We'll get into that, but you know, our, you know, life has been busy just getting some of these features available. So, you're, you know, you've, you've, you may have seen the uh, um, the newsletter that came out recently. Um, we talked about kind of the new group training communities, and we've talked about how the new free subscriptions have changed. What that means is that. Um, so in the past, when you had a free subscription, so if you're, if you're, if you let your trial expire and you didn't subscribe, or let's say, you know, you've canceled it temporarily, you're going to come back later in the past, while you had a kind of a canceled or a free subscription, um, you were able to upload one activity per week. So you could analyze and review one activity per week as kind of a limitation. If you weren't a, a paying subscriber, um, what we've done is we've changed that now. So, what you get as part of your free subscription is you get the ability to perform any of our group sessions. So we'll get into those today, but that's really what the free subscription is about. You can log in any, so any group session that appears on your session screen, uh, any group session that's scheduled, you can join and you can you know, uh, work out to that, to that session. We've also introduced what's called group training communities. So there's a link at the top right that if you click, you can open up and choose one of the uh, group training communities. So you have an option of either four hour a week training or six hour a week training in these different categories. And if you pick one of those, um, pick a time, all those sessions will be scheduled for you. So after picking those, you can go to the planner, for example, and you'll see them all in your planner. You'll have six hours a week or four hours a week within a particular category. And these are all group training rides that you're able to do with other athletes. So, you know, completely I, free, no charge, right? We know, and we think, you know, so between the group training communities that we've created, as well as the ability for kind of anyone to create group group sessions and kind of any free user to use them, I think it's going to be a, a good opportunity for people to kind of get together and use our system productively for training in group environments. So. Um, you know, we're excited about being able to offer that as a, as a free capability and looking forward to seeing more and more interest in these group, uh, group training communities. Yeah. And there's one other feature that, uh, that I wanted to bring up and we're going to be talking a lot about workouts today. Mm -hmm. Uh, something that we've received feedback on in the past is, is people have workouts that they've got workouts from. Uh, from their coach or from a different platform. And uh, they've been asking, I, I want to do them in exert, but I don't want to create them all. Uh, so we've also, uh, we've also released a new feature, uh, a, an import workout feature. So mm -hmm. if you've got um, erg files or 
ZWOs or ZWOs uh, for those of us in Canada. Uh, MRC files. If you've got workout files and you want to get them into Exert, we've actually uh, created a way that allows you to import them. But I think uh, what's really unique about it is we've we've put kind of an Exert smart twist on it. Uh, So if you uh, upload those workouts to Exert, uh, we're automatically going to convert those interval intensities into uh, what we call smart intervals. Uh, and we're going to go into detail on them in a little bit more. So instead of a workout file that's based only on your FTP, uh, you can import that file and exert will use various combinations of, of smart intervals uh, so that you can now share that workout uh, with other athletes or, or you can do it in exert um, kind of time and time again, knowing that the uh, depending on how your threshold changes or your, your HIE changes, that workout's always going to be the same. So it's really a, a cool new feature, and uh, you guys should check that one out as well. Yeah, you know, one of the things you can do with it is when you do import your – so if you get a workout from your coach, for example, or you're in working with another system, and you're saying, you know, I want to do this workout, what it would look like, what does it look like? And if you import it, you can get – you'll see the MPA data, you'll see the difficulty score, and you may think, whoa, this is going to be really difficult, or real, oh, this is going to be really easy, or this is going to give me these sorts of benefits, or these, you know, these other sorts of benefits. So it gives you a different perspective of kind of what workouts are doing. Um, and so, um, yeah, you know, I think Chris sort of, you know, kind of leads into kind of one of the main topics we want to talk about today, which is, you know, we've got, um, you know, we're the only platform out there that really well, I wouldn't say the only, but we're we're the we're the one of the main platforms out there that, um, that defines workouts not using or not predominantly as a percentage of FTP. And so, you know, well, why have we done that? Well, we've done that because um, you know our methods of using kind of MMP, these other different types of workout, and we won't get into those. I think we've talked a little bit about those in previous podcasts. Um, but the key differentiator for us is that we want to create workouts that are universal in nature, right? And so that was a, that was a fundamental premise. We don't want to have a library of thousands, thousands, thousands of workouts, each of them, you know, for each individual, uh, you know, change changes in terms of kind of how it targets individual power levels or, um, you know, we want to create a system that is a lot more universal in terms of the workout definitions. So, you know, that was really the goal. And and I think as a result, when we have our workouts, when you do the workouts, you know that they're gonna be finely tuned to you as an athlete. So when you see the workout definition and you see the MPA, you see the difficulty, that's a way for you to understand and appreciate what this workout's gonna, how it's gonna affect you. And if we define them, you know, well, um, and define them universally, then, you know, if I do them or if Steven, if you do them or if Scott does them, you know, they're, we're, they may have very different targets and the percentage of FDPs might be very, very different between them. But when we do them, you know, we're all going to get the same benefit out of them. Mm-hmm. You know, and that segues into, you know, we can now even do them together. Yeah, and, and that's really going to be the, the main topic uh, of today's podcast is, is, uh, is really how we bring uh, workouts together with a group. And, I, and so we're going to be talking about sessions today. 
sessions, I, I think the session, the concept of exert sessions dates all the way back to the start of the pandemic, uh, mm -hmm. where now suddenly uh, we're, we're isolating and we don't have the ability to get together and go for rides outside. And for a lot of us, I think we find that uh, cycling is good for, for mental or for your physical health, but also for your mental health and for socializing. And, and when you weren't allowed to ride with other people, I think that really spawned this whole idea of, okay, we've got exert workouts. Is there a way that we can do them together? Um, and so we're going to be talking all about uh, kind of how we went from individualized, unique workouts uh, that are unique to your fitness and, and how we, we used all those concepts to help create a really good group mm -hmm. training. You know, um, the, 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 the one thing though, is in which we should talk about, I think in, in, in a little bit is about, you know, kind of why do we do workouts? Why do we have structured training? You know, I think, um, that's a really important topic because, you know, a lot of people are just riding and a lot of people just want to ride and, and they're not, they don't feel like they either need to or should or should or have any desire to do kind of structured workouts. And you got a whole lot, a bunch of other people that feel the opposite. Like they love doing workouts and they'd rather just do them. Even if they don't have any kind of purpose in mind, they just love, love the structure and they love the kind of environment. But, you know, there is, there is something to be said about, you know, structured training, you know, you, you can't necessarily race yourself into fitness, right? Because the races are going to put quick strain on a certain, um, you know, certain systems in a certain way that ne aren't necessarily going to train them in the same way that you would want them trained in preparation for that event. It's the same reason why, you know, if you look at Kipchoge, you know, he's not doing marathons every day in preparation for his, for his world record marathon efforts, right? It's not about just doing marathons. It's about preparing for that event. So, you know, that's, that's a different process in terms of how you go about training. And you see that played out all the time. Every winter in cyclocross racers, you see that they race twice a week, uh, every you know, two days on the weekend. And sometimes during the Christmas season, they you know, are racing three, maybe even four times a week. But there is so much difficulty and strain on them that, you know, all they're doing in between is recovering. They have no time to do any kind of uh, tweaking any of their kind of weaknesses or anything like that. And because when they're not racing, they're just basically spinning and trying to recover because there's so much stress on them. And that's why you see all the time, like once, maybe twice a season, they will skip a bunch of races for a week or two and go off and rebuild their base and go off to somewhere warm where they can just log a lot of miles or to focus on some specific weaknesses just because you know they just cannot handle, you know, training and really working on their weaknesses on top of trying to trying to race multiple times a week. And, you know, so that's one reason for obviously having structured training and having planning your training. And then another reason is just what I said, kind of in a way earlier about wanting to focus on your weaknesses. And yes, some people would just do, you know, indoor races and all through the winter and they will get some fitness. They will certainly improve, but you know, is it really also the same kind of racing as what you might actually do in the summertime and in the spring out in the road? 
the systems and the demands of some of those indoor races are also completely different from, you know, again, if you're doing a Grand Fondo that's three to six hours long, as opposed to a 35-minute swift indoor kind of hammer race. And so, you know, you're building different kinds of fitnesses. So it's really important to kind of think long-term. It is fun to do some of these indoor events, do some of these hard kind of just uh, thrash yourself type efforts, but you got to have the bigger picture too of why are you training? What is your big outcome that you want? Is is it to do well in a Grand Fondo or in a big gravel race in the in the summertime? And that's when you, in the wintertime now is when you really have to be thinking about, okay, what is the long-term goal and what are the fitness characteristics that I need in order to succeed once I'm, for example, riding outdoors or in my main event of the year. If all you want is, you know, kind of in a sense to focus on the winter and and focus on indoor racing, well, you know, that's a completely different style. And then arguably in the summertime, then you should be training specifically for those events too. So it's really, you know, what what are you doing now that's going to improve towards your ultimate end goal? And that's when you need structured training, structured workouts. Yeah. And I think part of the structure as well is, is people end up riding to their comfort zone. They like riding a certain way. If, if they get pressed, you know, to do something that they're not comfortable with, or they haven't really trained, they're actually not going to do it. So if, you know, if you, so in, in order for certain aspects of your fitness to get properly trained, you've got to put strain on them. And sometimes that's not something you, you've done. You'd kind of avoided them because it's just not comfortable for you, or it's just not part of your kind of, um, you know, your regular routine that you have within your kind of unstructured efforts. So that's part of the, the benefit as well is when you start doing workouts, you start doing efforts and certain types of intervals and certain types of training that you don't typically do, or they might be outside that comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. and I'm, I'm the classic example, right? I'm a, a very on-off, on-off stochastic type of rider. So that's why if I had to choose hard workouts every day, I would be choosing either let the sparks fly or, of course, the classic Ronestad type of workouts. And whereas to get me to do a long sustained five, six minute kind of near threshold type effort like gasoline is much, much harder. So yeah, having a variety of different workouts and ones that will push you, as Armando says, out of your comfort zone and to build those weaknesses uh, is also really important to do. I think, uh, I think for me, I, I can certainly relate. I, I see, uh, many athletes that once outdoor season starts, they kind of, they do their usual routes or if they're riding solo, they kind of ride at that comfortable, that, that, that comfortable pace, uh, mm -hmm. kind of every single ride. And they might try for like a segment or something or up a, a hard hill. They might try, uh, smashing up that one hill and they just get really used to those. Uh, but I think, like you said, Armando, I think it's important that, uh, if you're, if you're training for something, you got to start getting your body used to things that you're not comfortable at. And so, uh, for my personal experience from this, I know, uh, I've ridden with, with you and, and some of the, um, morning glory club here in Toronto and, uh, town sign sprints are a big part of it. Um, historically in the past, when I tag along for a ride here or there, uh, I'm able to get up and I'll, I'll sprint for five or six seconds. 
And then that's, that's, that's like, it. my legs just seem to be sapped after that. I just can't hold on to that effort. And, and so my personal experience with this is, is now this whole winter, I've been adding in 20 second sprints. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing workouts that are 20, uh, some workouts that are even 30 second, uh, sprint efforts and just training my body. Don't quit after those don't quit after that initial surge, keep applying the power and keep going. And, and what I'm hoping to see is that, uh, whenever I can join you guys again, I'm hopefully not the last <laughs> one to the town side. So, so yeah, I think, I think doing, um, doing workouts that do push you outside your comfort zone is definitely something that's important. You know, and, you know, back to the seven percentage of FDP issue is you, you can't, you know, if, if you're looking at doing efforts in and around your FDP, then, you know, doing percentage of FDP is going to be a relatively okay. You know, if you're at 105%, I guess, unless you're really holding them for extended periods of time, then mm-hmm. I think minor variations can make, can make a big difference. But what, what you lack is, you know, when you do a 300% of FDP effort, can you do one? How long can you sustain it for? So the individual differences as the percentages go up become greater and greater. So, mm-hmm. so that's the challenge is that if you kind of want to do 200% intervals how of FDP, how long can you do them? And can you even hold them at all? How does your 200% compare to my 200%? So, so if we want to train those systems that allow us to hold, let's say 500 watts or 600 watts, which is, you know, race, these, you know, race winning efforts tend to be in that range, let's say for, for some athletes, how do you train those? So you can't use percentage of FDP. You kind of need to have greater insight into the individual to prescribe the exact duration of those efforts, the exact wattage and the exact recovery needed to be able to do those over and over in a set. That's what exerts really good at is identifying what those intervals are, their intensities, how fatigued you're going to be during them, how, how long is it going to take you to recover? What kind of recovery intensities can you have? And so, so that's really what exert strength is. Yeah. So, you know, it, so, so that's kind of where we think not only can we help athletes train those higher intensities more effectively, but because we can sort of generalize and, and create a way in which everyone can do the same workout, not only can you get that benefit from our workouts, but you can also do them together with other athletes. Yeah. Something that I did want to touch on uh, or quickly highlight is we, we did talk about smart workouts already in our podcast series, um, both in episodes four and episodes nine. So if you want to hear a little bit more about, about workouts, um, you can revisit those episodes, but I did want to quickly bring up uh, some of the, those ideas that we covered. Uh, and, and really it comes down to smart intervals. Um, you'll see in a lot of exert workouts, you'll see smart at the tar- uh, at the, the start of the, the workout name. It just means that we're using some aspect of your unique fitness signature to determine either the duration or the intensity level of uh, the intervals that are in that workout. And we have a couple different types of smart, uh, smart intervals, including various sorts of target MPA. So exert actually knows how you fatigue uh, and either the duration of the interval or the intensity of the interval depends on what we want your MPA to be uh, at the end of the interval. So we've got uh, target MPA intervals that are smart. We have excess S rate intervals. If you've seen any of the curved uh, curvilinear uh, intervals in exert, uh, 
Stephen mentioned gasoline already. Gasoline is a prime example. Uh, the closer series of workouts. Um, many well, of them do like yeah. we have them both on high intensity and recovery. The cool thing is you actually do a lot of these, you know, target power, target MPA, target power intervals or XSSR intervals as recovery intervals. Mm-hmm. We, you know, that's where, you know, we're going to talk about this kind of mixed mode. So these kind of smart power intervals are being used. We're using them more and more. In fact, one of the things we did was we introduced smart power because when we started creating group workouts, we can't really do them with kind of variable duration kind of doesn't work. Right. So, you know, I start the interval, you start it, but because I do it a little bit differently, mine is, you know, five minutes long and yours is six minutes long and we finish the workout at different times. So we, we knew that we couldn't just rely on smart duration intervals for group workouts. We needed to go to fixed duration, but we would make the intervals now smart in terms of their power. So that's one thing that you might've seen and you may have heard us talk about in the past, but that's really the a key thing that we needed to have so that we could execute group workouts together. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you do, what you'll notice is when you do these group workouts is that, is that, um, or these, these smart workouts is that the interval power will change. And it'll be dependent, especially, like I said earlier, it's based, you know, we usually focus the recovery intervals. The reason why we do recovery is because we want you to be able to hit the intensity of the next interval. So the next high intensity interval has to be something that you need to be able to achieve. So we want to make sure you're ready for that high intensity interval. And the way we do that is by modulating the actual power value in the rest interval leading into it. So when you're doing these kind of smart workouts, you'll notice that the that the kind of rest intervals might have kind of variable power. They'll go up and down, um, and then they will adjust on the fly so that when you get to the next high intensity interval, that you're fully ready to do that. Mm-hmm. A- absolutely, and uh, so, yeah. So we 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 use those target MPA intervals. We use those strain rate intervals. Those those curved ones. Uh, we have. Uh, intervals that actually use your power duration curve. So uh, if you've seen an MMP workout, uh, which stands for mean maximal power, uh, for example, a five MMP would be an interval at your five minute power. Uh, and that's going to be your five minute power. And, and Armando's and Steven's five minute powers might be very different than mine. As a percentage of FTP. As a percentage of FTP. So we know that five minutes, we can all ride this interval for five minutes for that intensity, all ride it at this, you know, for five minutes. But, you know, as a percentage of FTP, it's going to be a little bit different. So when we prescribe the interval, we'll say we do this five minute power, right? That's unique to everybody. We're only going to do it for a minute. So if we all do it for a minute, we're all effectively going to be in the same spot after that minute. So that's the unique, that's the way the exert system works. It doesn't say percentage Mm -hmm. of FTP, but it's going to be different. And then if we did percentage of FTP for five minutes, you'd be more tired than me or, or Stephen would be, you know, less tired or what have you. And it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Right. So we say, let's, let's not do a percentage. How do we make it so that that one minute interval finishes where everyone's effectively at the same spot. Right. Yeah, and and that's really the power with the MPA, right. That we're, we're targeting so that you, me and Scott all end up at the same kind of relative level in terms of fatigue or MPA at the end. And again, the wattage to achieve that for that minute effort, maybe, 
maybe for me, maybe kind of 106% of kind of my threshold power for you, Armando, maybe 115 for Scott, maybe, you know, 102. Right. But uh, so it's much more individualized than a workout that's just designed based on percent FTP by itself. And assuming everybody kind of fatigues at the same ability or same rate based on that same effort. Exactly. You know, and, um, you know, when we, we, I mean, we talked about doing these higher intensity intervals, one of the things we've introduced to be able to contend with those. So it was one of the things that and I think, you know, I think, you know, uh, Steve, we've talked about this in the past too, is where, you know, you can't do, you know, you can try and do these high intensity, like really high intensity intervals in erg mode, um, where, you know, erg mode, basically for those that don't understand, erg mode is when the trainer is controlling the resistance to make you achieve the target power. So, okay, so it's resistance control. And so that it kind of forces you to hit your, let's say 600 watt interval. Okay. Um, and so that erg mode is what is what most systems do. They'll, they'll try and control your trainer to get you to hit the targets. The problem is when this, when the trainers start to switch and move from, let's say 200 Watts to 600 Watts. And if you get bogged down, you know, you get that spiral of death, right? You know, I think anyone who's been on a trainer knows that spiral of death, where as soon as you start to slow, it gets harder. And then you start to slow some more and it gets even harder. And then you can't turn the pedals anymore because it's trying to keep you at that high target power. And you're not pedaling fast enough to turn it over to keep the power going. And so you just spiral down and you just get to say, I can't, I can't do the inter can't do the interval. So that gets exacerbated when you're doing these high intensity intervals. Like the higher the intensity, the more likely you might fall into this kind of spiral of death. So we don't, you don't, we don't use erg mode. So the way we did it, we says, okay, let's switch you out of erg mode and into what we call slope mode. It's like, you know, what's the, what's the gradient of a hill? So you're just going to be like a fixed resistance, a fixed gradient. And we'll say it's like 4%, let's say. So you'll see that in the, in the workout definition. We're going to go from 200 watts or 100 watts, whatever for you would be this kind of interval. Um, it'll be erg mode. And then it switches to 4% slope. And the, and, and the target might be 600 watts. The idea is that when it switches, you use your gears. So you'll have to kind of be somewhat prepared. You know, it might take a couple of tries, actually. Make sure you're in the right gear when these kind of slope intervals hit. But the idea is when you're, if you're in the right gear, if you switch to the right gear, then you can spin up and you don't have the spiral of death anymore. You can just modulate your, your cadence and the gears to kind of hit that target power. And then once that interval ends, then you can go back into erg mode, for example. And we sort of, you know, we see this as being really an advantage of the smart intervals too, because what we can do is to say, okay, we're going to give you 20 seconds at a really high intensity. So you're going to get up and you're going to really hard, but depending upon if you're in the right gear or how long can you sustain it for, it might be, you know, 600 Watts for 20 seconds, but you're not going to be able to do 600 Watts for 20. Maybe you can only get it for 15 or maybe you're feeling great that day and you're doing 700 Watts. So each, each instance of that interval is gonna change. So what we do is we say, okay, depending upon how you do that interval, the next interval is gonna adjust, okay? So it's not always gonna be three minutes at 100 Watts. It might be three minutes at 120 Watts because you didn't do the interval as well. 
or maybe you just smashed it and you know 100 watts isn't enough to get recovery so we're going to reduce it to 80. so you'll see these smart intervals that's that follow these these harder efforts adjust based upon how you execute them we think that's a great application of, of both using higher intensity target powers which we can uniquely do together with the smart power intervals that we can uniquely do to really create a workout experience that is kind of really targeted and, and it's going to give you kind of training that you're really unable to kind of get elsewhere. Yeah. And having, um, having that ability to do mixed mode workouts and, and switch to slope mode is especially powerful for when you're doing kind of really, really high intensity, like when you're doing a sprint workout, right? Because, because uh, it's kind of artificial to say, well, we want you to ride to an erg erg kind of based resistance of let's say 800 watts for five seconds it's much better to just put it onto a hard hard kind of slope so to speak a five percent slope and just say just sprint all out you know don't kind of think you're gonna try to sprint to hit this power you're just gonna try to go all out and it's much better to do that than to again try to say well i'm gonna just try to get it to 900 maybe i can maybe i can't and um, so yeah the slope mode is really great for that and it's also really great for just some kind of race efforts too i know we have our paris ancaster simulation and that one is almost all slope mode and that just allows you to just go you know as hard as you can and then recover a bit and go hard again. And that that makes that race simulation kind of in a sense even more realistic. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've talked so far about th this concept of having uh, smart power targets and having these smart intervals. And, and now uh, that's great. Now we've also talked about the ability to add in, in, in slope mode and have our app automatically switch back and forth between the two. So you want to make sure your EBC app is in, is in auto mode to, to take full advantage. Make a note uh, of that. Of we that we, we get a lot of questions about that. Yes. Goes, how do I get into erg mode? Erg mode in the app, if you click and see erg, that you have to manually set the, the actual intensity. So this erg in the app isn't erg mode, it's just erg one power setting. Manual. Yeah, yeah. so leave it in auto mode. We talk about this in the tutorial, something we, we have to yeah, mention. Definitely. You know, that, you know, in the tutorial we'll talk about, we talk about kind of what this means, but you always leave it in auto mode because it's gonna move, it's gonna switch you between erg when the interval is erg and slope when the interval is slope automatically. Does it? completely on its own. It's actually, it's really handy. I don't need to worry about tapping and manually switching back modes. The app does it autom It's defined in the workout and our app does it automatically. It's really great. But where I was going with the, with this point is we have now this ability to create unique power targets that are based on you and your fitness. We have the ability to adjust those power targets in real time, second by second. And now we have a, a, a means to allow you to go as hard or as, as easy as you want um, and, and with, with mixed mode. And what this allows us to do is actually really create efficient workouts. So uh, th there's a new workout. I, I've been adding in some sprint training. Like I said, I'm trying not to get dropped at the town signs <laughs> this summer. So I've been, I've been mixing mm -hmm. in some sprints into my training this winter. And, and um, many of the sprint workouts that you'll see uh, on the platform, they're, they're really short workouts. They're, they're usually less than an hour long um, mm -hmm. or, or right around an hour. 
but what, when you look closely at those intervals, you'll see they're whatever for, for my 20 second target power is like 640 Watts ish somewhere around there. Um, and then you have a short 90 second interval after that. Uh, and then you do it again and you do that five times. It seems, it seems a lot, but when you pair, uh, the ability to, for me to go as hard as I can pedal. So maybe I, maybe I do 660 Watts on, on one. And then the recovery interval after that adjusts itself such that, uh, I, I can recover. My MPA can go back up enough that I can still sprint really hard in the next interval 90 seconds later. Yeah, that's the key, right? If, yeah. If, if I don't allow my MPA to, to sufficiently recover, so if, I'm, if my MPA is too low, I can't actually sprint at a hard enough power to train my sprint system. So if my MPA is 300, I can't, do, I can't sprint at 600 watts and train my peak power system. But what you don't want to do, which is what every other system out there does, is that you overrest in these situations. So because they don't know how long it's going to take you to recover, we they don't have this concept of MPA rising with recovery to and know when it's risen sufficiently to be able to execute the next interval. There's no concept of that. So you you'll see if ever you're in a workout where you're wondering why it's too easy. And, and, you know, and I hear that often, like you're just, you're doing this, you know, you either, either the recovery is too long or you get these recovery intervals that are totally unnecessary. And you're just, you feel like you're wasting time. Like, why am I just noodling along here at hundred Watts? I don't need to be, I don't need this recovery. It's one thing you don't really feel with our workouts. So they're totally efficient. Like whenever you do get a break, you're like, Okay. And it's just always just barely enough for you to keep going. So there's no wasted efforts in an exert workout. That's the one thing you'll notice that's different about exert workouts versus anything else that's out there is that they're totally efficient. You're always on, you're only just getting enough recovery to, to, to get the next interval in. You're just enough, it's just enough difficulty in the, in the intervals where you're just going to get finish them before, you know, you get the recovery they're all just finely tuned to you and you get the most out of your time. Highly, highly efficient. You do an hour workout, you're going to get a lot of value because you're not really spending a lot of time. You know, we'll give you little breathers here and there. It's one thing that we've added to a lot of our workouts is little breathers because it's kind of sometimes just necessary to, um, you know, the mind needs a rest as much as the body sometimes from these things. Um, but they're just, just enough to kind of keep you going. Um, but that's one of the things that I, I think when, when people do our workouts, that's the one thing they, they get the most out of them is that they're just always on. Absolutely. Um, there, there's one more thing that I did want to quickly bring up before mm -hmm. we move on and, and really talk specifically about sessions. And it's not necessarily a smart interval uh, itself, but something that I think is important for us to address is the whole concept of difficulty score. Uh, and, and the way that exerts created a way to, to very objectively determine exactly how difficult a workout's going to be even before you hop on the bike and pedal at all. Yeah. You know, that difficulty score is something that's really valuable. We, you know, we hear more and more of our, our users and customers say, you know, this is really, really valuable. And because it's, it's a way of, of, you know, determining based upon the intensities in your signature, how difficult something's going to be or how difficult something was. 
And so, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a kind of a, um, a objective way of quantifying the difficulty, not only of workouts, but even of the rides that you may have, may have done. So you'll get, you know, you'll get a difficulty score even on an activity you may have, you may have done outside or whatever on an indoor ride. So you're, you're always going to see these difficulty scores and we use them to kind of help you gauge whether you're ready to do these workouts, because the more you train, the more difficulty you've been exposed to essentially because your training has gone up. And so you should be able to handle greater difficulty in the workout. So we kind of see those things go hand in hand. So as the difficult, as you get trained, you can handle more difficulty and you'll be prescribed workouts with more difficulty. Now, what's interesting though, um, when it comes to group training is that you tend to end up having to being able to be able to handle more difficult workouts. That's an interesting sort of discovery that we've had. It's like we're prescribing, you know, you're a, you're a two-star, a three-star athlete, and you're going to get a two or three-star, you know, diamond workout, and you're fine. But in a group environment, you might be able to do a four, right? It, and that's because the group dynamic pushes you to, to handle greater difficulty. Just the same way in a race. You tend to dig deeper in a race environment than you do when you're just riding on your own. So I think there's some, there's some elements there to, to, to factor in um, when you're looking at difficulty is kind of what's the group dynamic that's going to push you beyond kind of what you're, what we think you're capable of, but that's really what the group, the difficulty is there to help you gauge is to say, you know, how repetitive are these intensity intervals? Uh, how, how many are there? How, how many are there? How long are they? Um, and you know, how, how much recovery do I have? If you don't have a lot of recovery and you have higher intensity, then the difficulty score is going to be higher. And, you know, and, and you, it's hard. You get a four diamond workout. They're hard, mm -hmm. you know, and we've got some of those. In fact, they're easy to kind of create a high difficulty workout. What we've done is you've actually, what you'll see in our workouts. Um, and these, this was done on purpose. If you look at a lot of our workouts, the, the first intervals are harder than the last intervals. Almost, almost every high intensity interval tapers. It's not the same interval copied and pasted over and over. Exactly. And so, and the reason for that is because of difficulty, you know, difficulty is easier at the beginning. You're, you just haven't accumulated a lot of that fatigue, kind of that central fatigue. If you want to kind of physiologically, you haven't accumulated a lot of it at the beginning, but then as the kind of half hour, hour wears on, it tends to grow and it becomes harder and harder to kind of go as deep as you did, as you were able to do at the beginning. And so rather than giving you the same intervals, which is just going to make you more likely to abandon. It's one thing we don't want you to do is to start a workout and it's an hour long and you're 45 minutes or half hour in and you say, I, I can't do this. So we really don't want you abandoning, interval, uh, abandoning, abandoning workouts. So we, 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 give, we, add, we front load a lot of the difficulty and then we taper it off as the workout progresses. And that's one thing you should kind of acknowledge or realize when you're doing one of our workouts is that we're going to help you get through it. So you may, you might really suck right now. Just realize it may not be as bad as, you know, the next intervals might be a little bit easier and that way we're going to help you through them. So they're not always just going to get worse and worse and worse as you do the, as you do the workout, they're actually going to be somewhat tapered so that, you know, they're going to be a lot more achievable. Unless it's around a studs with uh, Steven. <laughs> then it just sucks the entire time. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there is a time and place for kind of going all out kind of and trying to maintain kind of that even even uh, workload throughout, let's say, all three sets of intervals. But 
again, the other point is we want the workouts are really designed to allow you to make it through the workout, right? We, we don't want you abandoning kind of halfway through the second set when there's three on the menu, because ultimately you're not getting the benefit. You're either going, you know, you're not getting kind of the full metabolic and, and stimulus of kind of doing all three sets at the ideal effort. So that's really why kind of, um, you know, a lot of times they are kind of front loaded and then taper down or else they are sometimes the, the uh, recovery efforts are longer or easier to allow you to get back to a um, to a kind of recovery state where you can do the third set of a three setter workout kind of a, as effectively. So yeah, difficulty. I mean, there's a few ways to use it. One is really to realize that um, you know. Difficulty isn't just about, you know, how hard are the individual efforts. You can do, as Scott was saying earlier, a lot of, you know, max sprints of 10 seconds with, with uh, you know, kind of 10-minute recovery in between. The difficulty is never going to get very high because you have so much recovery in between as opposed to an effort, again, like the Rana stats where, you're just constantly on, constantly on. And then, you know, you're doing that for three sets. And, you know, the difficulty for that is going to be sky high. The The wattages may not be nearly as high as when you're doing a sprint, but because you are repeatedly draining your MPA and repeatedly fatiguing yourself, the the difficulty score is going to be much, much higher. You know, we, what's curious is when I first started looking at difficulty scores, I was kind of thinking through, you know, if you think about, let's say, um, a one-hour effort, let's say you're just doing a one-hour FTP test, and let's say you're targeting 300 watts. Well, you, you know, you ramp up to 300 watts, and you hold 300 watts for an hour, and you're done. Um, in theory, though, what you could also do is you could sprint for the first minute, and then it would really hurt a lot, but you should be able to be pretty close to your threshold after that point. So in theory, that, that's, that's, that's almost possible. But what's going to stop you from doing that? So it's not MPA. MPA might still be fine. You might have 300, 301 MPA and you're holding 300 watts of your threshold. So in theory, you can hold it on, but you can't. And we know you can. You're just going to say, no way. I'm not going to sprint for a minute and then hold my threshold. And so I thought, well, what's the difference? Well, the difference has to be some form of difficulty. So your MPA is not stopping you from doing that. There's something else. So if you actually do that, if you go really, really hard, and in fact, I've seen people do this in their data, which is really kind of freaky, where they just go all out and then they hold their threshold for, I don't know, an hour. Um, so some people are capable of doing stuff that the difficulty scores, that's for, you know, Steven's seen them. They go, they just go through the roof and you know, if you think about what the hardest difficulty score would be to achieve it, you would basically sprint and do that. You would just hold your threshold for like an hour and you'd get whatever, some kind of astronomical 300, 400, you know, XSS for the hour. Uh, and that kind of level of difficulty would be like the highest you could achieve. 
So, so in theory, these are kind of theoretical maximums, mm -hmm. but you know, that's just, um, you know, not really achievable, obviously. I, I'm glad you brought it up because that's actually a question that we get fairly often from users is, is okay. Let's say 20 minutes into their ride, they, they're able to hit their breakthrough, but then they try in the same race or the same group ride, they, they try that same effort. 40 minutes later at the hour mark and they're not hitting their MPA and they're saying, well, this doesn't work. Mm -hmm. I, I was, I was completely at my limit. I, I couldn't have pushed any harder, but it doesn't show an MPA. And a lot of times uh, I'll review the data. I'll ask them to post their MPA chart. And it's, it's a lot of times it ends up being the difficulty score. It, difficulty is close to hundred. It could be over hundred by that point. Mm -hmm. And, and I think, what people should understand is, is that yes, we can, we can model how your ability is going to be limited by MPA, but we also can show you how mm -hmm. difficult that effort is going to be. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so if you un have an understanding that if you're at a hundred difficulty score, you're going to have a hard time draining MPA. I think right. that that goes a long way to, to really further understanding kind of your performance with exert. Mm -hmm. So uh, I did want to transition um, and, and kind of wrap things up. We, I know we've talked um, a lot about uh, doing workouts individually and doing them in a group, but I, I wanted to specifically cover uh, exert sessions. Uh, and, and so to begin with, I just wanted to define an exert session. What we mean by a session um, is, is really a, an exert workout that gets paired with uh, a YouTube video. Uh, you can pair it with a Spotify playlist or, or with the Zoom. Um, there's, a, there's a chat interface as well. And they're timed. And, and they're timed. Their time so starts. Yeah. Their time starts. So you can do them solo. You can say, I, I want to do this session uh, Thursday at noon. Uh, and the best part is you can do it by yourself or you can invite other people to participate. And because of all of these factors that we talked about, we talked about mixed mode, we talked about smart intervals you're going to be able to participate in these exert sessions at a time start with other people. And you're all going to have the same uh, relative intensity. You're all mm -hmm. going to feel the same throughout that workout. And you're really able to, to enjoy these exert workouts now actually in a group setting well, with other people. You know, that's what we found. One of the reasons why we continue to kind of forge ahead with these sessions we've had, we've been building out this capability now for some time is that, what we find is that when I was saying earlier, when you're in a group environment, there's a whole bunch of dynamics that start to really take effect that help you in your training. You know, the key things are that you're with other people and they're going to motivate you to finish the workout where you wouldn't finish it if you were just doing this on your own. So there's a so group dynamic kind of helping you and encouraging you sometimes to get through the more difficult workouts. Um, there's some accountability. So if the workout's going to be at 7 a.m. and you said you were going to be there, well, you can't just say, you know, I don't feel like, you know, I don't feel like working out today. I'm going to skip today's interval or sorry, today's workout and I'm do it tomorrow. You've got some accountability. The other people are there. They're expecting to be there. So there's some, there's that aspect to it. And then, you know, given the fact that we've combined it with kind of chat and with a YouTube video and with like music and there's all these other other elements of the workout that um, kind of can occupy yourself and, and the group at the same time. So you can chat with each other, watch the video, talk about life, talk about the video, talk about the music, what have you, that time goes by much faster. 
So, you're, you know, you're, you're going to enjoy doing them. You're going to be more likely to want to do your workouts. You're going to finish them. They're all going to be the same. So that's another thing we've done is we say we can actually compare your results, you know, uh, equitably between, you know, the participants. Not like, you know, Scott's always going to, you know, you know, beat me because of a certain type of, of workout that we're doing. We're all going to compete on our own terms, really competing with ourselves but with ourselves in comparison to others. It's kind of a unique way to kind of look at your training and kind of how you're competing. Because in effect, whether you're a beginner or whether you're, you know, Matthew Vanderpool, you know, your results on the, our workouts are going, to be, are going to be the same, right? They're all going to be normalized so that if, if you're, you know, as an example, we have this concept called intensity, right? It's a relative intensity value. If, if when it's at five, it's not like, you know, Matthew Vanderpool's going to be riding way ahead of you and you're going to be riding, you know, far behind. You're all riding it together. You're all going to get the same value out of that training if you're all riding at that five intensity level, because five intensity in the actual session player is defined as your threshold. So, 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 and four is your lower threshold. So, you know, there's, there's these kind of metrics that make the workout work the same for everybody, beginners and pros alike. So we can all do the workouts together. We all feel assured that the workout is going to be just as hard for me as the next person. And by knowing that it's going to be just as hard as for me, if I'm seeing you're doing it and I'm motivated to do it too, I, you know, you're suffering as much. Why are you suffering more than me? I've got to be able to stand up and, and do this workout too. And so all of that comes together to help you through and not only get you through the the workouts, but actually enjoy them. There's this aspect of group dynamics. I think is really unique when you're sharing these experiences and, you know, we, we joke about, it. we say, you know, we see these big red intervals, red intervals means that they're high intensity, big intervals. And you're like, you know, you're going to have to be pushing yourself pretty hard. And so when you see these, you know, these bigger intervals coming at you in the, in the session player, you know, we all know we're going to be, doing them together at this exact at exactly the same time at the same relative intensity and everybody's complaining together <laughs> complaining the same amount right and we all hate them just as much or we all like them just as much so so it's that kind of dynamic is is what we thought would be really useful it's a combination of kind of our unique you know workout capabilities together with the group dynamics that we we know we were able to bring together. So, you know, it's still fairly new. And I think a lot of people are getting used to these kinds, kinds of ideas, but, you know, they're, they're free. These group mm -hmm. workouts are free. Come and join them, try them out, try the tutorial. The tutorial's on the website where you can, yes. hopefully you'll see a link to that when you log in, we'll give you a link in the, uh, in the, in the um, podcast notes here. So you can see it, um, get familiar with them, try them out, join them. And you'll you sort of get you'll get the experience what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Group rides are great for just like outdoor group rides. They're great for really hard efforts. And you know, again, I can easily go my St. Catherine Cycling Club Tuesday Tuesday night races, the world champs, and achieve a breakthrough, you know, without thinking about it just because I'm trying to hang on for dear life. And then they're also really good for longer kind of endurance rides too, right? It may be just absolute agony riding by yourself, no matter how many videos you have to watch of uh, for you know two hours or two and a half hours. But when you're in a group, it the time does really go by much quicker, especially in those longer rides. And 
the nice thing that we have built is that with we have everything integrated within the sessions within exert sessions so uh, we have the rocket chat we have the spotify playlist we have the youtube videos all of them is on there so you don't have to open up three separate apps get them all synced together find different logins or whatever it is all when you open up the exert sessions it is all there and you can just open everything within that so it's much more plug and play rather than trying to again get three or four different systems going and syncing up together so yeah we've tried to make it as easy and kind of uh, intuitive to use as possible and it's a chance for kind of again us to ride together so as a group and so please uh, definitely try it out if you haven't already yeah, you know, and if, if you saw the uh, newsletter, we, you know, we talk about the agreement with uh, Bike the World. So we have a bunch of videos, uh, all, what we call templates, session templates. So if you go to the session library, you'll see all these sessions there that you can just click and say, I'm going to play now. So if you see a little play now button, that means I'm just going to play, I'm just going to do this video, music, workout together, and I just want to do it right now. So if you click play now, you'll be able to open up your app and, and do, do that workout. Um, or the little schedule button. So the schedule buttons allow you to kind of schedule them for yourself. If you want to put these, let's say, into your plan, or you can then choose a group. So if you're part of a group, you can then create that and schedule it for your group. And when you schedule this for the group, then it shows up on that scheduled sessions tab. So the scheduled ses sessions tab will have an entry there indicating there is a group session and anyone who's in that group will be able to see that session um, group uh, sort of community leaders can make them public as well. So you can actually share them with everybody. And whether you're sharing with everybody or a group, any free user that logs in that's a member of that community or you know any public sessions are, are things that they can join too. So you could potentially get all your training in as a free user you know, just by joining these sessions and doing them you know, when you can during the week and get all your training in. Yeah. Absolutely. I think for, for me, I think uh, what really what I really enjoy about this whole feature is, is, is not so much just doing it with other people. I think uh, especially over the last year and a half or two years, like I've really become close with a with a pretty small knit group of cyclists. And to me, it's it's I want to ride with them. I, I kind of know I know who they are. And, I know what they're up to. I, I follow them on Strava or whatever. So I, I kind of know what they're training for and, and I get to talk to them multiple times a week. And, and uh, so if you've got a, a, a club or a cycling shop that does rides all summer, if you, you now have the capability to continue riding with those same people throughout the winter months when uh, some people might not typically train over the winter because it's not enjoyable. But if you can continue to, to train with all the people that you already know and you're, you're familiar with, I think to me, that's really what makes the exert session uh, experience really so, so wholesome in a way mm -hmm. is not just doing random workouts with random people, but uh, doing workouts that someone in the group picks uh, something that pushes me outside my comfort zone. And then I get to, to kind of go through that workout with them. So, you know, and, and that's something, you know, one of the things that I will say is that, you know, 
um, you know, because they're all different types of workouts. Some of you say, well, okay, the workout's not going to fit into my plan. I should be doing it. You know, I need a high intensity workout and this is an endurance workout or what have you. And, you know, you're trying to map out your specific workout goals and workout training. And I think that's important to do. Obviously you want to be able to optimize your training, but one of the things it's, it's important to note is that, you know, a group workout that you do is better than a solo workout or a group workout that's not optimal is better than a solo workout that you that you skip. So if you're if you're one that kind of you know not follow the plan or tend to miss stuff or put things off or you know you're not really as motivated to get your training in and you're having a hard time following the plan, this is a great alternative because you're just going to do the workouts. They may not fit exactly into your plan, but you're better off doing them than skipping the workouts that you know that you should be doing. So just make a note of that. Then sometimes just getting those workouts in, knowing that there's variety, knowing that there's some structure between the easy and the hard ones, that you're going to see that progression that you're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I, we've gone over our time a little bit here, but uh, there's so much to get caught up on. So uh, I do want to say thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, before we head out, I, I did want to quickly recap uh, kind of everything that we had talked about so far. Um, we started off uh, explaining why periodization is important. And, and uh, you can do Zwift rides and, and Zwift races or just ride outside. And, and that's great. Uh, but if you're really preparing for something, I think it's important to know that uh, doing structured intervals can, can push you outside your comfort zone and help you get better. Uh, and, and that periodization really is important. Uh, we talked about why smart intervals are, smart intervals are beneficial, uh, using intervals that are unique to you uh, and what that means and, and allows us to do with group workouts where you can all do the same workout that's, that's tailored to each of you together uh, and really why uh, all those benefits to those smart, uh, those smart group workouts that we've now talked about. So that's, I think that wraps up uh, today's episode. Once great. again, yeah. thanks everyone for tuning in and uh, we're excited to sit down and, and have some time to record one of these again. Uh, so it was good having you along, Stephen. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. And everyone have a great training. Yeah. Have a great season, everybody. Thank you. All right. Thanks everyone. We'll see you guys next time.